Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Will Brinson on the NFL later this hour. Joining us now on college football, and man, has it been weird lately. The character assassination of Greg Schiano by many Tennessee fans to reverse that hiring. Guys like Kevin Sumlin getting $10 million-plus buyouts to not coach, in his case, at Texas A&M. News this afternoon of a video of one Georgia Tech football player punching on video and knocking out another Georgia Tech football player. And, of course, we still have the college football playoff to discuss, the coaching carousel, even perhaps as it impacts the ACC to discuss here. Joining us now from ESPN, college football analyst, former Georgia Tech star running back and team captain, Roddy Jones. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, DG. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I can't picture you punching a teammate or getting punched by a teammate, much less it being caught on video. What would you do if you were the team captain and something like that happened uh, at Georgia Tech while you were there? For those who don't know, the video just became public today, but apparently it's of an incident that took place way back uh, around spring practice. I, I think the first thing you got to do is find out the guy that recorded it. You know, who is that guy that, that sold the guys out? You know, how, how does this video leak? What happens in-house should stay in-house. So, so the first thing you do is you find that guy and maybe you knock him out. But, uh, <laughs> but after that, I mean, guys get into arguments. It's unfortunate, but, you know, stuff happens. Uh, I just wish that, that the Georgia Tech DBs had taken down runners a little bit more than each other. Wow. Wow. Roddy Jones joining us on the David Glenn Show. The two players, it was Step Durham knocking out teammate Lance Austin. Didn't they basically just play an entire season next to each other in the Georgia Tech secondary? That's that's an unusual dynamic there. Yeah, it is. And, and the, the other question is, where's Lawrence Austin? I mean, Lance's twin brother's on the team as well. So it's probably good that Lawrence wasn't around because it could have been a full-on brawl then. I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, he, he would have had his twin brother's side, but but yeah, you know it's 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 weird that we're just not finding out about it when it happened back in the spring because you know on the field those two guys seem like you know they're they're if nothing else they tolerate each other, but but it seems like they're pretty close. Speaking of weird, this weekend in college football on the coaching carousel, Greg Schiano was hired at Tennessee and then he was unhired at Tennessee. What did you make of? what might have been the first known example of essentially an angry social media mob reversing the decision of an athletic director at a Power 5 university. You know, I, I think, and I, this might be the first time I've ever said this, I feel bad for my, for my friends that are Tennessee fans because they're the laughing stock of college football right now. Uh, it, it's totally ridiculous. And, you know, I don't think Greg Schiano would have been a great hire anyway. But for you to let social media essentially dictate who you hire and fire, uh, it, it just shows a, a lack of, of awareness. You know, if you don't really know how your fan base is going uh, to respond to naming a head coach before you do it, then, then you have no idea. You, you've lost touch with your fan base. If, if you didn't know that they were going to be upset over the Greg Schiano hire, then there's other things to worry about than the fact that you chose Greg Schiano. I, I think it. You know, it's 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 an administration that has totally lost touch of what their fan base wants. And not that a fan base should dictate everything, but you should know 
that that a, a hire like this is going to give you some blowback. And, and if you're going to do it, then be ready for it and hire the guy that you think is right. But, uh, you know, I feel bad for, for uh, you know, Tennessee fans. This is a proud program that is now kind of a punchline in college football. So, so I kind of feel bad for them, uh, which is the first time I have ever uttered those words. We've been comparing the Tennessee job to the Nebraska job. Because depending on how old a particular college football fan might be, he or she may remember Tom Osborne in Nebraska and three national titles in the 1990s uh, and might remember Philip Fulmer in the 1998 national title at Tennessee. But basically for two decades, those jobs and those programs have stopped being what they were remembered to be. When you look at the landscape, do you see the Vols getting a dream candidate? I mean, there's rumors of Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State. There's even talk of uh, Jeff Brom of Purdue. We saw Dave Doran of NC State's name thrown into there. Uh, Nebraska has fired Mike Riley. That's the fourth dismissal since Tom Osborne was walking those sidelines. Tennessee has filed, fired Butch Jones. That's, what, three different coaches just in the last decade. Do you see either the Cornhuskers or the Volunteers convincing a quality candidate that they can lead them back to their glory days? I think each of them have have their challenges for sure. I think Tennessee, with, with the amount of money that they have and the access to recruits that they have being in the southeast, uh, they should be able to get a high-quality candidate. I mean, there's, there's no reason that they shouldn't. The, the issue is that, you know, we're talking about, like you said, two decades since these programs have been uh, on the national championship stage. That's an entire lifetime for the guys that these coaches are going to have to recruit. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the recruits now don't remember the T. Martin Tennessee days. They don't remember Eric Crouch at Nebraska. All they know is two programs that, you know, have, have, have either been a punchline or, or just haven't been relevant. And, and Nebraska is now in a conference where you really kind of feel like they don't belong. You know, I, I was I was talking to, to someone the other day and saying, even if Nebraska is a subpar team, when Nebraska lines up against Texas, it doesn't matter if both of them are terrible. That means something. When Nebraska is a subpar team and they line up against Minnesota, who's a mediocre team, who cares and who's watching? So, you know, for Nebraska, I think it's a tougher job. They better really, really hope that, that, that Scott Frost is interested in that job because obviously he's the one that everyone's talking about. And, and I've had two of their games this year. I think what he's doing at, at UCF and honestly what Mike Norvell's doing at, at, at Memphis, yeah. since we're talking about the, the, the Tennessee job as well, I think what those two guys are doing on offense is, is way ahead of where I've seen everybody else. I think they're, they're innovative, they're exciting, they're creative. Uh, they're multiple. They're unpredictable. I just really, really enjoy watching them, watching them, those two teams on offense. But you know, especially for Nebraska, if you're not able to get a, a Scott Frost, then, then where do you go? You know, and, and who takes that job? I'm not sure that it's the job. Actually, I know it's not the job that Tom Osborne left um, because yes, recruiting's become more national, but but that Nebraska brand has been so eroded since Tom Osborne. You know, they really had the one year with Indomitian Sioux where they were in the national championship conversation. Um, other than that, you know, who really remembers when Nebraska was really good? And it's, it's guys that are, you know, kind of our age and older. 
Roddy Jones is joining us on the David Glenn Show, ESPN College Football Analyst. You can follow Roddy on Twitter at Roddy Jones 20, at Roddy Jones 2-0. You played in the ACC. You've covered it for a long time. You know that it is rare that we would end a season with 14 football coaches and have the same 14 come the following uh, fall. It happens, but it's pretty rare. When you look at... Any of these teams that aren't going to bowls, you know, Pitt, North Carolina, Syracuse, uh, Georgia Tech, or even you look at rumors about Florida State's Jimbo Fisher listening to Texas A&M. Is there a scenario where Jimbo's tired of Tallahassee for personal or other reasons or Paul Johnson and Georgia Tech are tired of each other after a full decade? Or is this going to be the rare example of all 14 guys coaching right now are still going to be there this coming fall? I, I don't think all four teams stay. Um, I, I think, you know, there's too much smoke to the Jimbo Fisher out of Tallahassee fire for that not to, 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 to have some validity. I, I think, you know, the, 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 and he had a chance to kind of quell this to yeah. put it to bed. Um, but the Texas A&M thing has been going on for a while. He has not publicly come out and said, hey, I am not a candidate for this. So, you know, that, that thing just feels really weird. So the question is, if Jimbo leaves, who does, who does Florida State get? Um, you mentioned Paul Johnson and Georgia Tech. You know, I, I get the feeling in talking to people within the program and, and kind of around that with the new AD at Georgia Tech, they kind of feel like Coach Johnson's had his hands tied for a long time. So they're going to try and give him some more time and, and correct some of the things that they have going on in terms of, getting his assistants more pay, maybe being able to get some, some assistants that, that were out of his price range before, getting him more support staff and recruiting and in, in, in quality control guys. So I don't get the feeling that Georgia Tech's going to do anything with Paul Johnson. Now Ted Roof is an interesting question because Ted Roof's Coach Johnson's third defensive coordinator. Does he kind of fall on the sword for their defensive woes? I don't know. You know, I think if I'm a program, though, outside of the ACC, I start to look at some of these guys in the ACC, like a Dave Dorn at NC State, like a Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. I think next year Dino Babers at Syracuse is going to be a guy that starts to get, get some traction going. I think Steve Adazio at Boston College, what he's been able to do, pulling a rabbit out of a hat the past two seasons going to bowl games yep. after they looked dead to rights. Um, I, I think those are th three really good coaches that are going to be prospects for jobs here in the future. So, so if, if you're if you're asking me if I think we're going to have all 14 back, no, I don't think so. I think Jimbo's probably the one to go if any of them go. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of these big programs really does their due diligence and comes and gets a Dave Clawson or a Dino Babers or even a Dave Doran. And, and there's been some there's been some. Uh, some, some mixed results with Dave Dorn. But if he's your cup of tea, you know, he had a lot of success at, at previous stops before NC State and obviously did a pretty good job with that team this year. So, so I, think, I think some coaches could be poached, but, uh, but Jimbo, I think, has got to be the most likely with all the, all the talk around that. Roddy Jones is joining us. ESPN will have the unveiling tonight at 7 o'clock of the new college football playoff committee rankings. Uh, when you try to boil it down, are you of the mindset that we essentially have a quarterfinal matchup between Auburn and Georgia in the SEC title game, and we have another quarterfinal matchup between Clemson and Miami in the ACC title game? And, and if so, where do you go from there? I, I absolutely think so. So for, so for people that want an expanded playoff, you've got it this year yeah. because you've got Auburn and Georgia playing, and it's essentially a play-in game. You've got Clemson and Miami playing – 
it's essentially a play-in game. And even if you look at Ohio State and Wisconsin, you could consider that a play-in game as well because I think if you have a scenario where Oklahoma wins the Big 12, then you're putting Ohio State, who, who if they win this game, you're putting them up against Alabama, and they've got a they've got a horrible loss to Iowa. You can't get beat by I think it was like 33 um, to Iowa. Losing to Iowa, you know that's a good football team that, that was kind of up and down this year, um, but they would have a better win than Alabama has. And, and really, you can point to a number of games on that Ohio State schedule that if you you know put up on if you put Alabama. Uh, up against, it's kind of a toss-up if they play like they did against Auburn. So, so you you, you could have as many as three essential play-in games um, with obviously Alabama waiting. And and you know I, I just I just hope that we don't get into a scenario where Alabama somehow finds their way in. I just hate it when a team doesn't win its division and has a chance to win a national championship. I didn't like it last year with Ohio State, and I won't like it this year. With Alabama, I know that, that, the, that the committee has to put in the best four teams to get the best matchups, um, but I think there has to be some sort of level of, all right, look, you didn't even win your division. Uh, let's give somebody else a shot who actually did. Because, I, I, you know, if Alabama were to get in and win the national championship, I think the Steve Spurrier quote from, from 2009 comes into play again, where it's harder to win the SEC than it is the national championship. Mm. So uh, nobody wants to see that again. Last thing for Roddy, I believe you became a first-time super dad on one of your visits uh, or around the time of one of your visits here on the show earlier this season. How, how are those duties going, speaking of difficult? They, 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 they've been going great, yes. You are, you are correct. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> yeah. thanks for bringing it up. Little, little JC is great. Awesome. Uh, I don't think I've ever been more excited for, for a, a child or anyone else to poop <laughs> uh, than I am when she does. You know, I've been, been kind of trained that this is a good thing now, so I'm, I'm pumped whenever we got a dirty diaper. Uh, we don't know yet about the level of athleticism. I mean, Roddy Jones could scoot back in the day at Georgia Tech. We can't tell yet, can we? Well, no, we can't, but, but my wife uh, played volleyball at Wake Forest. So she would tell you that all the athleticism comes from her side. Yeah. If, if you're measuring two-month-olds, though, she holds her yeah. head up real well. So I think we're on a good track. I like the DNA. There's an ACC legend, perhaps, in your future. Thanks for the visit, man. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it. Love visiting with you. Always fun. Roddy Jones of ESPN on Twitter at Roddy Jones 20 Yeah, two months. You can only know so much. But think of that gene pool now. ACC volleyball player and ACC football player? I'm picturing some length, some speed, some athleticism. I've never met Roddy's wife, but he's a smart guy. You got some some high volleyball or or football or other sport IQ perhaps waiting for you. Maybe an academic, an all-ACC academic legend someday in the Jones family. We'll see.